0: Welcome to the Liberty Block Live. I am Elliot Axelman. I'd like to discuss some New Hampshire news and then, if we have time, some more national news and other politics around America and some analysis and some complaining and ranting as usual. Here in New Hampshire, we'll start off with some good news. We'll do that once in a while. Senate Bill 1, which is the same thing as, Senate Bill, as House Bill 712 and the same as House Bill 628 last year the bill we've probably focused the most energy on fighting of any bill in New Hampshire over the last year and a half. We've written around 10 articles about it, maybe more. We've reached uh, 30, 40,000 people on Facebook with our articles opposing this bill. It's a family medical leave insurance bill to give paid family leave if someone has a baby or the sickness or injury in the family and you gotta stay home from work and and, uh, take care of someone. How's it funded? By a state payroll tax, which is seemingly very complicated, but it would pretty much be our first ever payroll tax, which as we've written about is the same thing as an income tax, only it's kind of hidden. It's not itemized in your paycheck. So it's the invisible income tax. And it's also an income tax that it's worse than an income tax for a few reasons. We wrote four big ones in an article. I'll share the link in the show notes and in the comments and description. So it's essentially an income tax. Sununu vetoed it. It passed the Senate and the House, because Democrats have control of the Senate and the House now, and Sununu vetoed that. It was actually really nice. He didn't just write veto across across the uh, page given to him by the Senate and the House leaders. He actually wrote no income tax, not now, not ever, and he signed it and sent it back to the House and Senate. And then in a few months, the, the Senate and House will try to get two-thirds to override the veto the Democrats have 14 senators, the Republicans 10. So if they can pick off two, it will be 16 to eight, 16 is two thirds of 24. So if they could pick off two Republican senators, they could override the veto in the Senate. And in the House, they only need around 30 reps beyond their majority, which is actually, actually, no, not totally impossible. So they, they will try to override the veto. And, and it might happen if they work hard enough and can pick off a few Republicans. That would be unfortunate, because then New Hampshire would Lose part of its New Hampshire advantage, which is not having an income tax or a sales tax Even though we have a bit of a payroll tax for unemployment. We do have some sales tax, but not a general sales tax We have a a hotels and a meals tax But that's that's the good news Sununu vetoed it we've we've given some some uh, debate We've said in the past on Liberty Block that Sununu may or may not be the most principled pro-liberty governor um, and we didn't know just how, how strong he was going to be, but he did veto this. He promised to veto it last year if it got to him. But it's great. So we we do commend Governor Sununu for vetoing Senate Bill 1, vetoing the income tax. Obviously, it's fantastic for Kevin. He is running again for re-election, he just announced. Now, the bad news, all four or four of the many gun control bills, four of the big gun control bills, did pass the House and just passed the Senate, I believe, last week. Want to go through them all. As reported by Women's Defense League of New Hampshire... House Bill 109 passed that per- forces people to have universal background checks. So anyone who bought a firearm from an FFL from a gun store in New Hampshire already had to go through the, the federal next background check to get a, a handgun, but also for all long for all long guns, they go through the checks. That's just how how FFLs do it. But now this this makes it universal background checks. And when Democrats say that they want Everyone, even if you sell to a friend or I believe a family member, you'd have to look into House Bill One Hundred Nine. Look at the text. I'll see if I can pull it up real quick for you. See if it includes family members, because I know they want background checks for private sales because they they claim that's the uh, gun show loophole or something. The, the private sales, which is actually pretty rare. Let me see if if um, family member is exempt from this. Give me a second. Mm, licenses. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a pretty long bill. Let's see. D, class B, misdemeanor, offense. Nice. Let's see if... FFL, yeah, you have to go to an FFL and get a whole background check for every single sale. Let me see if any... Let me see if it says family member. Uh, I searched for family in the bill. I don't see it. So I think it includes everyone. It would it would seem to include every single private sale. So yeah. For the public safety. It'll protect public safety. Keep firearms out of the hands of felons, domestic abusers, and the dangerously mentally ill like Democrat politicians. Yep. That's, um, that's what it says here. I don't think anyone is, is uh, exempt from this. That was the first gun control bill that passed. The next gun control bill is House Bill 514. Ah, This was another bill we wrote about a few months ago when we first heard about it, when it passed the House, I believe. This will force people to wait—the initial bill would have forced people to wait seven business days, which is at least nine days, to take home any firearms or ammunition they purchased. And if they purchased a gun, they will have passed a background check. So this would have made them, even after passing the background check, it would make them wait seven business days to to be able to take possession of it. That was House Bill 514 initially. Then it was amended in the House, I believe, to to remove the ammunition. So now only for firearms, a waiting period, a cool-off period, they call it, just in case someone was was hot and they were going to go hurt someone with a gun. It would make them, give them time to think about it. That's the theory anyway. Although the data, show, the data shows that it probably doesn't do anything to stop any any violent crimes. Anyway, it passed the House, just a seven-day waiting period for firearms. Then it passed the Senate. In the Senate, they knew to get it passed the Senate and for maybe to have the best chance of a governor signing it because Governor governor is a Republican and he's he's generally uh, pro-firearms. They would amend it down to three days, and now it's only a three-day waiting period for firearms only, so it passed the Senate. So anyway, it passed both. Probably has to go back to the House, I believe now, to be reconciled, the two versions. So that passed. House Bill 564 passed. This is another complicated one of the school-safe zones. It, pretty much every every school in New Hampshire and their property, which is technically school buses as well, within, was it 50 feet or 100 feet, no one can have any firearms. Nobody. So now let me just try to open House Bill 564 and see uh, how many feet, within how many feet. You can't. need a firearm no actually the bill's very short and and it doesn't say here how many feet it is i remember this issue when i first looked at the bill this goes off the federal definition of a, a safe school zone i believe it's either 50 feet or 100 feet or it might be more complicated it might be both but this this bill would potentially depending how a judge might interpret it this bill might potentially criminalize anyone in new hampshire carrying if they're within 50 or 100 feet of any any school zone any school property, or or any of their property, including school buses. So theoretically, as as we've heard, some people they might be paranoid, but we've heard some people write this: if you're driving behind a school bus, you know you're probably within fifty feet or hundred feet or whatever. Technically, it's illegal for you to have a firearm in that instance. I'm not an expert on on this bill or firearms law, and I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know the federal definition of of safe school zone and whether it includes school buses or other school property, but. That's House Bill 564, passed the House, passed the Senate again last week, I believe. The fourth bill that passed was House Bill 696, it's regarding vulnerable adults, the, the seniors, so any senior citizen over 65, I suppose, and this is a really complicated, tortured, weird, complex, awkward bill, but it seems to be some kind of backdoor, some kind of excuse for gun confiscation, call it like a red flag law, I see it as as pretty much a red flag law but pertaining to a certain population. So. Essentially, if a person may have at one point, any point in their life, I believe there's no statute of limitations in the bill, I don't think, if you've ever mistreated any senior ever, then then ex parte, meaning without your knowledge, behind your back, without due process, without be informing you, they can hold a hearing and, and a judge can give you a quick order to a law enforcement, politicians, and they come and take all your guns. And then months later, you can try to find a few hundred thousand dollars or a few million dollars, find a lawyer, take off work and fight against the judge and try to convince a judge that you are not neglectful of seniors. You didn't neglect your mom or neglect some other senior 12 years ago, maybe. And you have to try to get your guns back by proving to them a negative, which is impossible to prove that something didn't occur 12 years ago. You can only occur that something did occur. So horrible, horrible bill. There was a long post written by, I believe, Former executive counselor Dave Wheeler, I think, he wrote up a long write-up that was shared by the Hillsborough County Republicans. And it was it just described the scenario of what could happen to a person if House Bill 696 is signed into law by Sununu because it passed the House and Senate. So there's only one more step for it to be passed into law, and it might be. Believe me, the Democrats, the left, the anti-freedom, anti-gun radicals will be pressuring Sununu they will have millions. They might have Bloomberg millions. They might have other resources pressuring Sununu to sign this into law. And if they somehow facilitate or get lucky and have some kind of tragedy involving a firearm or involving senior vulnerable adults happen in, in the next few months between now between now and, and when the session is over, they're going to have a lot, obviously a lot more pressure. And it, it'll be tougher for Sununu to veto these bills. Horrible. Four horrible bills. Another bill that passed the Senate and the House, Senate Bill 186, would raise the minimum wage in New Hampshire 66%. That's two-thirds. That's almost doubling the minimum wage. Now, currently, as we, we talk about very often, New Hampshire is the best state in the country. We have the New Hampshire Advantage. We have the strongest economy in the country. Go, go Google every single list currently in the last five years. It'll say we're number one or two or three overall economically, overall with quality of life, with salaries, with, with everything, with unemployment. Our unemployment rate is is technically a negative. We are are starving. There's, there's too much demand and too little supply of workers. We need more workers because our businesses are booming. Our median household income is by far the highest in the country, at like $82,000 a year or something. And we have low taxes and an, and an incredible economy, booming economy. All right? and all this time we've actually had no minimum wage. So the minimum wage defaults because of great federal laws. It defaults to the federal rate, which is $7.25 per hour. Now we'll open up our article because we're gonna be of sources for all of this. Oh, look at that. It seems like only 3% of workers in New Hampshire earn 7.25 or less, meaning, Around 97% earn more than the minimum wage. So this, this only affects a few people, a few thousand people in the whole New Hampshire. So interesting, right? There's no regulation. No one's forcing these companies to pay these people more, yet people are earning more than any other state, like the great states like California and, and Massachusetts and New York and Washington state that have very high minimum wages, up to $14 an hour, I believe. Anyway, this bill would force employers to pay $12 per hour to all employees. And it says if you're below 17 or 16, it could be the minimum wage minus $1 or a percentage of the minimum wage. And then it gets complicated. But for, for most people, anyone above 18 years old in general, this would force over the next three or four years phasing it into 2022 would force employers to pay every worker $12, which is, which is two thirds, 66% higher than it is now at 725. And again, I, I hate to say, cause you know, it, it sounds, it sounds kind of silly it's not always true, but, there's a famous saying, we used to say it back in football, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you got a winning formula, what the Patriots are doing is going phenomenally, don't fix it. Everyone around New England knows how well the Patriots are doing. Should they get rid of Brady and start running a, a Rams type of offense now? Should they start running the Cam Newton offense? No, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They have a, a Tom Brady spread offense with a, with a power run. Don't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Our New Hampshire economy is going phenomenally, and it's because we have low taxes, low regulation, we have economic freedom. I left New York State, the state with rank 50th in economic freedom, and they're also ranked 50th in, in pretty much every other aspect related to quality of life, which is salaries and taxes and regulation and death and murder and homicide and sickness and 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 happiness and this quality of life in general. They're doing the worst, and they also happen to have the least amount of economic freedom in the country. So Senate Bill 186, the minimum wage increase, passed the Senate and passed the House. Governor Sununu, Governor Sununu, we are asking you to please veto this bill. It's a horrible bill. Thank you. Because again, if you're an employer who might one day want to hire workers, or the more workers you have, the more you'll be hurt, this increases your operating expenses by as much as, as 50%, 60% of if, if your entire operating expense is your, is your employees, is payroll, but if you, if your expenses for your business are buying some some products and some maintenance, and some payroll and benefits, that whole payroll, which is one of the big parts, generally the the biggest expense I believe for a business, that payroll expense will now increase by sixty six percent. So if you were paying one million dollars a year in payroll to all of your employees for for the whole year, so you have uh, you know a hundred employees or whatever it is, if you're paying a million dollars, let's say now it's one point Six 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 million. So again, almost doubling, increasing by sixty six percent the payroll part of, of operating expenses of every business, and it'll hurt businesses, which hurts people and hurts the economy. And this could actually derail New Hampshire's amazing economic success. Horrible. Speaking of horrible things in New Hampshire, before we go to the national side of the Liberty Block, the <laughs> some good news here. The uh, oh, before we leave New Hampshire, sorry. The Salem Police. We wrote an article a few weeks ago. The Salem Police department has announced a few weeks ago that they will use stolen funds, I mean, funds from civil asset forfeiture to pay a propaganda firm, a, a public relations firm to make, start making some uh, propaganda, some some public relations stuff. I don't know if they plan to to make nice videos or commercials, m- maybe some commercials or run ads in newspapers or billboards, join the Salem police or, or you know, Salem police are, are protecting you. And, and we've written about whether police protect people or not. Obviously, by law, they no longer have to protect people, as the Supreme Court ruled. Anyway, in, in the article, we'll post it in the description and the show notes. In the article, we actually found, doing research for the article, we found that at least six other towns in New Hampshire have used this firm, apparently. I believe it was six, or maybe even more towns used the same firm for, for public relations, which I see as propaganda. Please tell me if I'm wrong, but I read this as propaganda. A Hiring a PR firm, I see that as, you know, propagandizing the the government making them look good. So that that's another horrible horrible thing that, you know, Salem was doing. But yeah. Now some good news. The FDA, Scott Gottlieb, the doctor who was the former commissioner, I didn't even know he left the FDA, but he was the commissioner of the FDA when when Trump came in. I think he appointed him right away to the FDA commissioner. He sent out a, a tweet or made some kind of post a few days ago, I believe Pretty much saying that the FDA is, is really considering deregulating cherry pies. Yeah, you heard that, right? This, this I did not know. Cherry pies. We've spoken about soy milk and this and that, medications and loperamide and all that stuff. We've written about the FDA quite a bit. But we did not know they regulate your cherry pie. Now, I read the article, but I do have to, I think it was written by FEE or something. I got to look into this a little more. But apparently there were some, some heavy restrictions, a lot of restrictions on cherry pies. Now, this might have been just commercial. Might have been, I don't know if it affected grandma baking cherry pies in her kitchen, to be honest. But seemingly, there were there were a lot of FDA regulations on cherry pies. They regulated how many cherries you could have, the percentage of of cherry pie by by mass or by, by volume of the pie. That could be cherry as opposed to, I don't know. I, I'm not a baker. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm not the best person to analyze this. But I guess they regulated how many cherries you could have compared to, to the other flour and other components of a cherry pie. Um, they regulated how many could be frozen, or how frozen the, the cherries could be. Maybe they have to be fresh cherries. I don't know. They regulated how many cherries could be blemished, and of course, I'm sure there are, there are thousands of pages in the FDA um, deciphering, you know, what's uh, determining what what exactly is a blemished cherry. I think they all taste great, but whatever. Also, about what else was there about how much dough you can have and how the crust? You know, they regulated the crust. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I guess I guess it's with, somewhat within their purview, food and drug administration so they regulate a lot of food they regulate drugs they regulate other stuff too that are not even food or drugs but it's unbelievable but i mean i wrote down here but it'll be anarchy because you know what well, the the anti freedom crowd the pro regulation crowd which is essentially 99% of americans at least the American sheep. They say that without regulations, without all the regulations we currently have, which is probably billions, without regulation, it'll be anarchy. It'll be crazy. It'll be chaos. It'll be disorganized, and we won't know how how uh, things will be kept safe. Medications and drugs won't be safe. But we've written about this again. I'll I'll link some of our articles with good hard sources about how FDA actually makes us less safe, and you are paying them for a billion dollars a year to do it. So that's great. What else we got here? As far as national news. We heard about a few other stories. This one happened not even that recently. Let me see. This was posted on... Yeah. Oh, this is posted a few years ago. Sorry, but I, I missed it. It was 2016, but I totally missed this. ChristianMingle.com, obviously a dating website for only Christians. And the company that owns them also runs one for, for just Catholics and just Adventists, I believe. And just um Black... I think it's um BlackPeopleConnection.com, I believe. Yeah, BlackSingles.com. So they operate a few of these sites. Anyway, uh, ChristianMingle.com was sued by a gay couple in California, apparently in 2016. And a California judge ruled that the plaintiff, the gay couple suing, uh, ChristianMingle.com was right. And ChristianMingle.com lost the lawsuit and was forced to pay damages to the gay couple and pay for all their attorney's fees, which is apparently $450,000 or something. And they have to start allowing gay people to date on the site. It, again, I don't know why this wasn't talked about more. Maybe it was years ago, almost three years ago now, but. This is similar to the, the gay wedding cake, of course. We've discussed this many times, and people debate us, but but they're wrong. Because every private company, if you run a company, you can do whatever you damn well please. As long as you are not actively murdering people or actively beating them up or stealing their property. If you are not doing any of those things, you are not doing anything wrong. It's not a crime. If you own a company, you can only service straight people or only serve Gay people, you can only serve black or only serve white. I don't care. The government, sure as hell, should not care because when the government cares, it means they're going to use guns to get their way. Now, this it's important to understand that the California law and every state has these laws and their federal laws. Another one just passed, I think, in the in the U.S. House or U.S. Senate. Another bill just passed, anti discrimination bill. We've written about anti discrimination in in. Wyoming, New Hampshire, nationally, there are bills constantly, These anti-discrimination bills. Again, these bills are, don't think of them as anti-discrimination, think about them as anti-market, because the market we've written about a few times is, is discriminatory. As we wrote in the last one in, in HUD versus Facebook, which is a very interesting case you should read about, it's one of the articles that people don't even know we have. I forgot about the article until I stumbled upon it a few days ago, We you wrote about this a few months ago. <laughs> How how US HUD and, and the attorney general are kind of suing Facebook for discrimination. But when you are discriminating every day, when you when you do any commerce, when, when you engage in any kind of commerce, any kind of trade, you're discriminating. Hey, you watching, do you buy Coke more than Pepsi? You discriminate against Pepsi. And no, don't laugh because this is this is not a joke. You discriminate against the things that you prefer less. Have you dated every single type of girl, every size girl? Have you dated every ethnicity boy? Evenly, I haven't. I've never. Da- I've never dated a uh, girl from Texas. Just never have. Am I discriminating against you know against southern girls? I, yeah, kinda. I mean, there are certain certain women I wouldn't date. Um, some people I can't say it publicly because I'll be destroyed. But some people wouldn't date women over four hundred pounds. They discriminate against fat women. And again, you could laugh, but but eventually, give it five, six more years, and it will be illegal too. And, again, when California passed this law, this anti-discrimination law, they're – again, they, they – I understand how they sold it. They sold it as, you know, we can't let people discriminate, and they're bigots and racists and evil and misogynists and homophobes. We can't let them discriminate. Everyone has equal rights, blah, 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 equal equal protection under the law, 14th Amendment crap. It's all BS because that applies to the government, not to the market. Private companies can do what they want. If you don't like it, boycott them. It's that simple. You don't like this company? You don't like Christian Mangle? Don't go on it. These gay people knew, obviously, Christian Mango being being pretty uh, evangelist Christian. They are, are for straight couples, and I'm I, I'm sure there are many sites. I've heard of many sites for exclusively f- exclusively for homosexual relationships. And again, as a straight person, what I sh- what I should do? I mean, um, I'm engaged now, which is fantastic. And but if I cared more, and if I had more time, and I, I really wanted a lawsuit, and if I could pay lawyers' fees, I. And if I were single, I would go to these sites looking for women I would go to a, a gay site and say, you have to let me, a man, have a profile seeking a female. You have to. Otherwise, I'm going to sue you because I deserve equal protection under the law and all that crap. Again, it's, it's BS. And we've discussed why it's BS because equal protection, you know, technically people, even if we're talking about government, we're talking about the market. But even if we were talking about the government, people, gay people do have the same rights straight people have. A straight man has a right to be with a woman or, you know. Not a right, but technically could be with a woman and a gay man could also be with a woman. He wants, you know, double rights. We discussed this with bathrooms. Men can go to men's bathrooms and fem- and women can go to women's bathrooms. Straight men versus trans men. All men, you know, if you're born if you're born with with uh, an XY chromosome, you can go to a male bathroom. But the, the people, some people who are trans or transitioning, want the rights to go to both bathrooms, right? So they want double rights. So we've discussed that too, and we've actually had authors write write opposing articles opposing that that line of thinking, which is fine. So very interesting, and, and we'll we'll follow up on, on this and discuss some more cases, but again, discrimination is good. I'll post that article and a few more articles explaining why discrimination is good. Without letting people discriminate, we have tyranny, we have fascism. The left claims that they don't support fascism, but it seems like they do, because they want the rulers, so currently Trump and people like Sessions and, and Barr and all that, they want them to decide to mandate what everyone can do. So if if Trump likes McDonald's and hates Burger King, He'll say you can't discriminate against Burger King. Oh, all right, that's enough of that. Speaking of discrimination, we have yeah, this is breaking news. Over the last few days, the College Board, which is the massive company that's probably government involved—I don't know if it's private or public or both—but the College Board, the company that that creates and and administers the SAT, which is the test that some two million kids going into college take every year, they're going to (laughs) start. They're going to start uh having an adversity score. So for for uh, minorities, I suppose. And um, I have something written here. Here's the infographic from NewYorkTimes.com. So along with with the SAT scores, they're going to have a score. It doesn't seem like kids are going to be answering questions that, that create the score. it will be a score built in to either each school or each person based on their demographics that will be available to the colleges. So it's initially available to some colleges, and then more colleges over the next few years will see this, and then eventually maybe every college will see this this SAT score and the adversity score along with it, and and this is all part of the massive affirmative action plan you know that was created years ago. That again, I'm not an expert in, but but the theory of affirmative action is inherently and ironically racist. Obviously, it says that blacks are dumb and they need help to get to college. If I said if I said uh, blacks and Hispanics are dumb and they need lower standards to get to college you know, people would attack me. But Democrats and the Supreme Court have ruled, you know, totally fine to say Blacks and Hispanics are dumb. They need help getting into college. And it's fine that they say it, which is unbelievable. I am considered racist because I say that I expect the same hard work and the same abilities from every kind of person, Black, White, Asian, Hispanic. And yes, I know Asians have, you know, higher salaries and higher IQs and SAT scores. That's fine. And if you say Blacks, you know, are, are dumber, that's fine. I've known enough people of all races, throughout the, the forty some states that I've spent time in throughout my life and abroad, I've met enough people to know that I none of them are so dumb and so so uh incapable that we shouldn't have the same expectations of them as we do of all humans. If you are a human being and you have and you have, you know, a b- brain, you don't have any brain injury or something, you don't have C P or something like that, or you have and you have four limbs and two four limbs, two arms, two legs, I expect you to be able to do whatever anyone else is able to do. Obviously not everyone can be in the NFL, but you should be able to to get to a college you want to get to. You don't need help. You don't need a booster seat, right? We we get rid of the booster seat at what 50 pounds nowadays? I don't know. Five years old, eight years old. You don't need a booster seat for life, right? It's it's like saying it's like saying they're midgets, right? Like all blacks are midgets. You can't say that nowadays. But this is what Democrats are saying. In New York Times and Democrats, they love this, right? It's unbelievable. So here's the inf- infographic. It says these are the SAT scores, and it shows four different um I guess uh, bell curves uh, in some sense uh, shows uh, Asians. The average Asian scores a 1,223 on the SAT. In second place are white people with 1,123 as the average score. Hispanics get 990 on average and blacks get 946 on average. Yes, we knew that. We knew that Asians, um, I'm white. Am I complaining that Asians are too smart or getting to college too much? They're already, because of affirmative action, they're already being discriminated against in colleges. You have, since the majority of college students, are, are Asian in proportion to, to their actual uh, percentage of the population, more considering their percentage is small, more of them get into, into colleges, especially elite colleges, than the other races, right? So being that Harvard has a lot of, of Asians and white people and few blacks and Hispanics, for whatever reason, which we'll debate another time, now a friend of action says that they kind of have to let in more blacks and Hispanics and boost up their scores, and then you have a black kid who gets into Harvard now going to be in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars. he's going to flunk out because he might not be prepared because he got a 946 on the SAT. He's not prepared for Harvard and he flunks out. Now he feels like a failure. I just read a whole book on education explaining and, and you know discussing the details and the data the of how horrible it is for someone to fail out of college. It'll make you feel like a failure forever, right? And now you're bankrupt. And by the way, if you if your student loans are from the federal government, which most student loans are, bankruptcy does not even, even uh, clear those loans. So you owe them forever no matter what can't declare bankruptcy and get away with uh, not paying government loans. You got to owe the government. You owe forever. So yeah, this is just horrible, but it's really funny because of the, the college admission scandal that happened a few weeks ago of elite celebrities, LA uh, Hollywood actors and stuff, paying tons of money to colleges to get their kids into colleges. and They didn't belong, which I'm sitting here. Like, why do you want to go to college? Why would you pay that much? Why would you even want to go to these horrible colleges that, Give you a degree, you know, make you work for a degree that doesn't do much for you besides maybe make you employable, well, employable, but doesn't teach you much at all. So that's just incredible. It's really, really funny. We'll we'll follow up on that. That's another amazing diversity thing. Yeah, these anti-discrimination laws unbelievable. Affirmative, affirmative action, dumbest thing ever. Unbelievable how how backwards it is. How only the left can brainwash enough enough black and Hispanics and say. And again, convince them that Republicans think you're dumb. Also, we say you're dumb. And we're the ones making laws based on the premise that you are dumb and you need our help to get into college. Because without us, you couldn't get to college. Again, it's it's imprisoning them in their own minds and making them dependent upon you forever. Now, even if if you do have some people who are minorities who work their hard and are smart and they want to go to college for some reason, and they go to college and become a doctor, they'll always think in the back of their mind, Maybe I only got into college at medical school and passed medical school because of my minority status. And that takes away from their personal gratification forever, right? But that's what the left wants to do. And here I am, believing in self-determination, self-efficacy, and, and I expect people to work hard on their own merit. I believe in a meritocracy, of course. Speaking of discrimination and, and ridiculous amounts of, of hatred and paranoia towards white people, the a few weeks ago, um, May 9th, CBS News reported that a Cubs fan has been banned for life for flashing the white power symbol. And now I'm going to be screenshotted and, and memed for flashing white power. This has meant two things that I, I've known throughout my life. This has meant two things. When I was young, I saw this used a lot as okay, like perfect. Um, okay. Um, something is, is all right. And then uh, as I got older in high school, there was, it was like a, a, a penis hitting game or something. They would go like this. And if you looked at it, or like a ballgazer, they used to call it a ballgazer, you go like this. And if someone looks, you do it below the waist. If someone looks, then you get the you get to hit him hit him in the uh, groin or something. Pretty silly. I didn't really play it much, but it did get me hit in the groin a few times, which you know was uh, it's not what I wanted, but it's what happened to me. And um, yeah, those are the two things that it meant. I've never heard of this meaning uh, white power until I think the Trump campaign a few years ago. You had a, a few people, one of which we, we met. I think I think uh, Cinda Bash we, we met in the Bronx, and she was like some. Indian lady who was who was doing this in the back of uh, maybe the Kavanaugh hearings she she was sitting and it just happens to have her fingers like this sitting down which is pretty natural just sitting down and they said that just like Indian lady or something is a white nationalist but yeah again when when you're a hammer everything you see looks like a nail and when you're the left everything looks like a white power symbol white nationalism so anyway this this Cubs fan there was a TV reporter and they panned to the TV reporter by the by the dugout or by the the seats and the man behind him is doing you no know, saying peace. You know he's excited that he's on camera because he sees the camera is on that Porter, He's behind him, and then he goes like this. I don't. He might have meant it as white power, but again, that's not what it means. One person can mean one thing with a symbol. It doesn't mean that's what it means throughout the world. But he might have meant okay or wow, that's cool that I'm on camera or something. Um, he might have meant it as you know the ball is your joke. You know hi, I got you. It's like a good gotcha thing. But he might have meant white power. He might be a white nationalist for all I know. But again, unbelievable. how the left freaked out after this. Um, oh, and, and it was behind a, a black reporter. So the, the MLB dugout reporter was African-American. Great. So, yeah, the Cubs, again, have come out and said how how disturbing and horrible it is and abandon for life. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he really is a white nationalist. There are some. Again, I don't think it's the biggest problem in the country today. I think the biggest problem in the country today is is fascism and, and taxation. And... Uh, a lot of other issues and being involved in 100 wars throughout the world and increasing wars every day. But yeah, he was he was uh, banned for life from the cup stadium. so that, that's another interesting thing. What else we got here as far as national news? We got oh, hate speech, hate speech, hate speech, hate speech, more, everything is hate speech. Uh, new research confirms we got cholesterol wrong, nice, of course, as we've talked about with the F- FDA and all those other regulations. But also we got? My cherry pie. Isn't there a song by Whitesnake? Called uh, Cherry Pie. Let me see. Before I let you go, White Snake, Cherry Pie, Sweet Cherry Pie by White Snake. Ooh, brings back memories. Maybe we'll play that song next time. That's the show for tonight. Just wanted to do a quick video on the updates on New Hampshire legislation that's passed. Horrible, horrible stuff, and discrimination, of course. Horrible. We'll post all those links below. Thank you very much for staying with us and. <laughs> We'll catch you guys next time. Have a good night.